Hi, I'm Gerds Hundle, acclaimed health journalist, turned motivational speaker and transformational coach. This show is for anyone who wants to lead a happier, healthier and inspired life. Create more self-love, inject more joy and abundance into their daily life. Join me for inspiring interviews and spiritual topics so you can become a soul warrior. Hello and welcome to another episode of the Get Inspired with GERDS podcast. I'm your host and today I have a beautiful guest with me who's assisting people in creating dynamic shifts in their consciousness. Christine Sinclair is a spiritual mastery teacher and author who helps people create transformational shifts in all areas of their lives, including health, relationships and careers. Through her spiritual mastery, she teaches her own clients how they can do anything in their highest self. She has been featured in the Huffington Post, Mind Body Green, and believes we can all claim our power back. Christian, it's an absolute pleasure having you on my show, and thank you for joining us. Thank you so much. It is such a pleasure to be here. Oh, bless you. Your work just truly inspires me, and just like the work in your life, I definitely know there's, there's a big story behind it. So can you tell the listeners what your life was like before you became a spiritual master teacher? Yeah. Uh, Well, I grew up in spirituality. My parents were figures in the spiritual community. So I grew up around a lot of different modalities and and belief systems. And um, yeah, I got to experience a lot of that stuff. And I always had intuition. I've always been very intuitive, psychic, whatever you want to call it, and had a very strong connection. But I... I had a lot of false beliefs that I didn't, that I wasn't good enough, that I was inferior. And I really dove into spirituality with the way I think a lot of people do, which is with this belief of I'm not good enough, but I'll be good enough when kind of a thing. Mm. So I, I always have believed in God, but I, I felt like I wasn't good enough for God. And that was kind of the, the the spring point for all of my spiritual practice. So I kind of just thought like, okay, if I do this modality, I'll release this. If I do this block, I'll do this. And it was all this, like, I'm going to be better. I'm going to achieve more. I'm going to be the best in spirituality. I'm going to be the best spiritual person I can be. And it, it just, I always felt short It never felt complete. Everything always felt really empty. And I would do one practice just to dig something else up and then kind of like never feel like I was progressing. It was just like a continuous vicious cycle. Mm. So I started like most people on this path, I hit a rock bottom and from there, I just really didn't know it kind of was just like, I have to walk away from God. I have to walk away from spirituality. I don't, I don't know what else to do. Mm. And I felt like I had tried everything because my whole life I had been exposed to spirituality and had practiced so much. So I got to this point where it was just like, nothing's good enough. I'm not good enough. Nothing I do is good enough. I release one trigger just to have something else birth and, it just was horrible all the time. So I walked away from it and 
thought I could do better and um, didn't, <laughs> did increasingly worse. And finally got to a point where I, I realized I had been practicing spirituality through ego, mm. which was believing that I wasn't good enough. And I wasn't really practicing spirituality the right way, which was actually connecting with God, spirit, source, whatever, and having a relationship with that. It was this very inferior position rather than a actual healthy relationship. So I started practicing having a relationship with God and letting go of what I actually believed about God and letting go of all this negativity about God and, and that I wasn't good enough. And when I started developing my relationship and I started understanding what God was, I started understanding what I was mm-hmm. and what we all are as souls. And that shifted my, my whole paradigm and consciousness and everything. It, it, it has changed my life. And from that, that's when I started working with, clients and seeing what it does in their lives and what it's done in my life since then. That's why I focus on spiritual mastery. It's this treating of a root problem. And then it just trickles into finances and health and relationships. And, and it's just so powerful and it's not, it's, it's never a about doing more it's actually kind of about doing less. (laughs) It's, it's about letting go and surrendering. And it's, yeah, it's, it's not this, this constant, you have to release this, you have to do this, you you know, it's, it's none of that anymore. It's, it's actually the undoing of all of that. And it impacts in such powerful, epic ways. Yeah, I can imagine. It's interesting what you said, actually, because growing up myself, like I, I grew up in like a religious background. And then I think in my early 20s, I kind of walked away from God or the universe or higher source, whatever you guys want to call it. And, and when I went away, like yourself, things just got bad. <laughs> <laughs> Everything went wrong. My life spiraled out of control. I didn't know who I was anymore. I didn't know how I felt anymore. I didn't know how to kind of deal with my emotions as well. Whereas when I would go to the temple as a kid, like it would ground me and I'd feel a lot calm, even though I didn't really understand about what a lot of the things that was being said. It was just being in that presence around people that were feeling the same feeling that I was. And it was about five or six years ago um, when I had my own transformation that I went back, but I went in a different light because growing up when you went to like a temple, I don't know if yourself like Christian, like, it's not about actually about God, it's about what other people are thinking or talking about you within that community. That's what pushed me away from God. And when I realised that it's only my relationship with God or the higher power that needed to just be the most important thing, I went back with a different light. And when I went back with a different light, it gave me the sense of release and empowerment. Yeah, it's it's incredible because after working with clients for so many years and even from my own experience I I I really started to notice this common thread of that we don't really have an understanding of God it's all what we've been told yeah and so that relationship is like I mean if you think about it like everything is from 
our parents or church or society or movies or whatever and or false interpretations of certain books or whatever you know <laughs> so it's like it's it's all it's all like hearsay mm. and so then we're trying to have a relationship it's like if you were if you were going to date somebody and you meet them and then it's like oh well i've heard these things about you. So this, this is how I feel about you based on those. It, that relationship would never work. <laughs> and that's, that's how it is with God. It's like, we try to have this relationship with spirit based off of what we've heard, mm. not actually experienced ourselves. And then we're wondering why it's not working out. Yeah. It's kind of like we base it on what we've heard rather than what we feel. That's what I right. Yeah. yeah, or our own experience. Yeah, and that's kind of what I did. When I went back, I went with a different approach. And, you know, obviously I was raised in a particular way, but I went to a Christian school, so I was really confused <laughs> growing up. <laughs> then I always believed, you know, in other religions, like the way they are, like, you know, respecting everybody. So I never really understood what my personal, like, relationship was with God. Because, like you said, I, w I was taught that it should be this way, or it should be that way. And when I went back, I had a different approach and said, you know what, let me just talk to God and ask, what is going on? And once I had that connection and started to talk to God and say, you know, or higher power, like, what is it that I'm supposed to do in this world? Then all the answers came. Then I understood my relationship. And now it doesn't really matter what anyone else thinks. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. I mean, the evidence is in our experience. Mm -hmm. our, our faith takes practice. Our surrender takes practice. Everything takes practice. And it's a building of that relationship with God and spirit. And when we have that relationship, the evidence starts manifesting into our life. Like when, when we surrender once, it makes it easier the next time. Cause we see, okay, that, that actually didn't feel so bad. And the results actually worked out. And when we start seeing that evidence in our life, it makes it much easier to have a relationship. But when we have a relationship with God based off of fear mm. or inferiority or shame or guilt mm. that's never going to manifest good results because because those are ego feelings mm. so every so our relationship is being tainted by ego yeah that is true and what i have realized over the years looking into everything is that God never wants you to have fear or the universe never wants you to have to fear. It wants you to have love. It's all about peace, knowledge and acceptance. And unfortunately, man-made people <laughs> have instilled those fears into us and instilled us to think this is the correct way of doing things when really we should just listen to what our higher power is saying to us and how we should connect. Yeah, and I, I think one of the biggest things that intercepts that connection is that it's become very common to, to believe that ego serves a purpose. And I, I disagree with that wholeheartedly. Hmm. Um, you know, in spirituality, it's, it's ego in religion, it's the devil or the enemy or whatever, whatever names people have for it. And I, and I don't believe that it serves a purpose. I believe that the, the stronger connection that we have with God or spirit, the less those feelings come up. So like I know for myself, mm. I've lived in a lot of fear in my life. And 
the person I was 10 years ago, I can't even recognize to the person I am now. And it didn't come from purposefully trying to eliminate fear. It came from just knowing God so much and so deeply that fear doesn't even come up that much. And when it does, I can speak a truth to it and know that that's eliminated. It gets dissipated because Mm. every fear that can come up, whatever it is, God has a truth to counteract that. And as long as I know God's truth, Mm. I live more fearlessly every day. Mm. Yeah. I I see what you mean. That's true. Hmm. Yeah. I I definitely can relate with that. That that is so true that, and also what I found as well, that ego is just you trying to hide who you truly really are. Oh yeah. It comes out in many, many clever ways. (laughs) (laughs) It's, it, it, I mean, it, it also comes out in who you really are, meaning God. Mm. I mean, it, it, it wants to, anything that is your authentic Christ or holy self, ego wants to convince you otherwise. <laughs> and ego kind of, it kind of comes out as, well, oh, maybe that's just part of my personality. Like I used to think that it was just part of my personality that I didn't like to go out in public, that I was introverted. Like, you know, I would hear words like that. I'm like, Oh yeah, that's me. But when I really looked at why don't I go out in public? Because I'm terrified. I'm terrified to talk to people. Well, that's not God. That is something else. I can chalk it up to, I mean, I love psychology, so I could just say, well, It's just a psychological thing. Some people are wired differently. Or I could really look at that and say, I'm letting myself be afraid. And I'm letting that fear drive my actions, which means I'm letting ego rule my consciousness. Hmm. Um, Yeah, that is so true. That I guess like everyone has a different experience with the ego and everyone has a different experience with a higher self as well, I guess. And it's understanding what is real and what is the fear that's holding us back. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, you know, there, there are some things that it's like, I've just kind of started asking myself, like, what's the harm in this? Mm. You know, because if, if I just have a personality trait, like I don't have to look at everything and be like, that's ego and it's holding me back. And, you know, if I have a personality trait, that's not harming anything then who cares? That's just, that's just my personal preference. Like I don't have to be outgoing, you know, Mm -hmm. like that's, that will probably never really be my personality. I just am kind of a, a, you know, a bookworm. I'd, I'd rather sit at home and read a book and have some tea. Like that's just my personality. And there's nothing wrong with that. That's not ego, Mm -hmm. but just looking at what the purpose or the, the driving forces behind things, you know, because if I'm staying at home reading a book because I'm too scared to leave the house, that's something I should probably look at and work <laughs> on, you know, but if it's just like, yeah, I'm just not really that like networking kind of girl, then, you know, who cares? That's fine. Yeah. I guess it's sometimes, oh, what's the word? Like coming, oh, I forgot what I was going to say now. <laughs> <laughs> It was just there a second ago. Um, like we sometimes get in the way of ourselves without realizing. Oh yeah, yeah, for sure. <laughs> <laughs> I 
And it's knowing... Yeah, I mean... Oops. Go ahead. Sorry, carry on. It's okay. Yeah, I mean... Um, I mean, in spirituality, we get in ourselves... We get in our own way a lot. I mean, I think that it's... I think it, it really stems a lot from that inferiority that we all really feel deep down. Mm. And that kind of breeds a lot of getting in our own way, mm. you know, and I think that we make things more difficult than they need to be. I think it, and, and I'm so guilty of this. Like I'm not pointing fingers. I'm so <laughs> guilty of this. Like that, again, that, that like need for, I need to be better. So what do I need to do? Mm. And that, in itself gets in our own way because we're not letting, we don't let God or spirit talk to us. We don't let it guide us. It becomes like a very human based. What do I do? Kind of a type a, you know, how do I, how do I do my spirituality better? <laughs> you know, and it's, it's not really something that you do. It's something that you are yeah. and it's letting that holiness come out instead of getting in our own way and focusing so much on doing or practicing more or, you know, manifesting more, it's, it's really just getting out of our own way and just letting, letting spirit move through us. Mm. There is something that it's a bit, it's not, but it's kind of linked, but um, it was something that happened to me actually a week ago, um, Christian, and I was sat in this um, restaurant um, with my partner and this, this lady and I just suddenly connected We they were sat next to us. And she is a scientist and she kept going on about, you know, facts about spirituality and life because she was asking what I did. And I, in, in that process, I, I realized that sometimes we're so obsessed with facts that we forget that we just need to feel. And it's the same with spirituality. You just need to let go of the facts and just feel the process and be in that yeah, moment. Yeah, that's such a perfect example. Yeah, it it becomes such a mental based thing instead of a heart based thing. And, you know, I, I love studying. I love reading. (laughs) I love ancient texts. I, I mean, that is, that's one of my favorite things to do, but that's just, it still keeps me in my head and I have Mm. to keep bringing myself back to heart because otherwise I just become a know-it-all, but I don't feel it. <laughs> you know, like I could be the smartest person on the planet, but if I'm not feeling it, it means nothing. Mm. Integration comes from feeling it, yeah. not from knowing it. Yeah. And I think that's what it is within like the spiritual, whether you want to say religious background, is that a lot of people are just focused on the text, but not focus on the practice. And I think if we focus more on the practice, we would have that connection with God or the universe and we'd feel those feelings. But because we've been enjoyed from such a young age what it should feel or we should believe it should look like is that we don't have that connection with the higher self yeah yeah and I think that it's so important that we all get back to what is God what does that mean because we really don't we really don't think about that and and if God is abundance then why am I seeing lack Hmm. and and that's where a lot of religious people will get into you know the kind of self-judgment stuff like well because God's punishing you or God's (laughs) you know but that's 
but that's impossible. Yeah. Because God is love. Mm -hmm. It can't be hate. If God is abundance, it can't be lack. So when we really start looking at, wow, God is just this pure, beautiful, perfect abundance, then why am I keeping that from manifesting in my life? Mm. And so this is where we start getting into where we start examining, you know, past lives or, you know, we start getting, we start getting into the doing, Mm. trying to uncover, well, where, where am I missing this? Where, where am I wrong? And it's, it's not a matter of being wrong. It's a matter of discernment. It's just a matter of a different understanding. Again, we've been understanding from an ego perspective of you're not good enough. So if we let that go and we look at that relationship with innocence, we start to understand God is this pure, abundant, infinite form. And I am a facet of that, Mm. which means I have the power to manifest all of that Mm. into my life. I don't have to do anything. I don't have to like, you know, align anything or or raise anything. That is what I am. Mm. So we let go of those paradigms that we need to do anything and just let our being be and that holiness comes out Mm. I love that (laughs) yeah that is so true absolutely and Madit so you're now obviously a spiritual master teacher so how are you helping people well like when I'm working with somebody what I work on is I usually do two different sections so I have like an undoing section and then the unveiling section. Mm. So the undoing is about anyone who's ever experienced any sort of religious or spiritual trauma. Um, and that can be really intense to mild. Um, it, you know, it could be somebody that just doesn't feel like they have a good relationship with God or somebody who has a serious aversion to it because of a trauma. Mm. And it's starting to shift those paradigms of what is the truth about who and what God is and what were you told? Because a lot of times we have relationships based off of these negative perspectives. Mm. But when we really look look at that, we don't have those feelings at all. So we, the God that we hate is really the God of somebody that we didn't like. Hmm. It's not so much that God itself, we have a, an aversion to it's the person who taught us that. Yeah, that's so true. So I have my clients go through listing out people who have taught them negative beliefs or people who have hurt them with religion or bad spiritual things that have happened. And, you know, um, negative traumas, any of that kind of stuff. So we really dig up a lot of, I mean, really the things that fracture us so, so deeply in our lives. We dig all of that stuff up. Mm. And then that's 
from there we can lay a foundation. So we start laying the foundation of who and what God is, who and what we are as a facet of God, building that relationship, differentiating between the voice of God and the voice of ego, because again, that's a very clever voice and it likes to take that very holy voice. Mm. So building that relationship and understanding the difference between ego and God and understanding someone else's beliefs and what we really believe and then how to integrate that into every area of our life. So when I work with clients, it has, we work with money, health relationships. I mean, you name it, like we work with everything because it's (laughs) not, if you're working with God, that ends up trickling out into everything. Mm. So we end up covering everything. Love it. And yeah, it's true. Everything interlinks, doesn't it? So if one area is clear, then the next area will also need that healing process as well. Well, yeah, because like when, when I say the word abundance, 99% of anyone listening is going to think money (laughs) that because that is abundance means money. Well, Mm. it's, it doesn't abundance means an abundance of anything. So it could mean an abundance of time with your spouse, an abundance of time with your children, an abundance of health. So we can't really narrow abundance to money because it it should transcend everything. Mm. When you start seeing an abundance of money, there should also be an abundance of health. Mm. There should be an abundance of time, of energy, whatever else you're looking for, because you're tapping into the abundance of God. That's not just going to hit one area and leave the rest blank unless (laughs) that's what you're focusing on. But the goal is to have that abundance everywhere. Cause when you're really knowing God's abundance, it should be seen everywhere. Yeah. I guess that's why we have those hurdles. We clear one thing and then something else comes up. It's because it's all, like you said, it's interlinked. I think we forget that sometimes. Oh, for sure. Yeah. I mean, if we're focusing on one, on one area, then it's, yeah, something's going to come up somewhere else. (laughs) But it's, I kind of, I kind of explain it like a cold. Hmm. If you're just focusing on healing a cough or healing a fever, instead of actually healing the cold, you're still going to have other symptoms. (laughs) But like, we don't get a cold and just say, well, I'm just going to ignore all the rest and then I'm going to, I'm just going to focus really hard on this cough. <laughs> and if we do, there's still going to be other symptoms. And then it's like, mm. well, geez, I have a fever too. Well, the fever was there, but you were just focusing so solely on the cough. You kind of forgot that that was there. <laughs> yeah, I can, yeah, I can see that. That is so true. <laughs> oh, I love that. <laughs> Um, I also want to talk to you about something that we were talking about a while back um, and it was like I find that sometimes how we make our partners our God and our spirit and our source so can you Mm -hmm. tell us more on that line yeah yeah well again when we don't know what God spirit source is we tend to make other people our God spirit or source. And it's, it's generally unconscious. I mean, I don't really know anybody that does it purposefully and I've never did it purposefully, (laughs) but it's, it's something that we, we all do. 
Uh, and it's something that relationships is a really big one. So like if our partner's having a rough day at work or having something emotional happen and they come home and maybe they're not as pleasant as they typically are, how much do we take that personal? Mm. If, if they're triggered by something, an argument is basically two egos going at it. And, and two egos just full of fear and stress and, and whatever it is, you know, it's, it's two egos going back and forth, just triggering each other. Mm. So when we don't have our partner's validation, we take that so personal that it's somehow a reflection of us. If I, I know, like I hear a lot of um, entrepreneurs, they talk about how their partners aren't supportive, how they don't understand it. And they, they base their worth on how much their partner thinks they can make it as an entrepreneur. Oh, yeah. So there's a lot of different ways that it presents itself, but we, we want our partner's approval. We want their validation. And we want it so much that it's actually something that we should be looking for from God, not from our partner. Mm. Because if our partner does come home and they have a bad day and they're triggered and they, you know, say a snide comment or, or maybe they're just not very being very pleasant or whatever it is. Instead of our ego being triggered by that, we should be so steady in God or in spirit that our ego isn't triggered by that. Mm. But because we're making them our validation and our source, we're taking it personal. And, and then this goes back to our relationship with God because we're kind of making them our validation or our God, which goes back to, <laughs> I need God's approval. Wow. Yeah, I would have never seen it that way. Like, I guess it's like, not even just partners, is it? It's just like everybody as well, isn't it? Anyone who's in your life. And if you don't get the right um, answer, we kind of feel like we need their approval, need to feel better about ourselves, and we expect it. Yeah, and it's, it, it, it is everyone. And one of the other ways that it does come out a lot is with bosses, employers, mm. or clients or customers. We make them our source of income. <laughs> and I hear people who will say like, well, I don't really like my boss, but you know, I just have to go with it because they're my source of income. Mm. And I'm like, no, they're not. That's just the face that you're giving your source at this time. But that's not your clients are not our source. Bosses are not our source. Employers are not our source. Those are just the faces that our abundance is coming through us. Mm. But we actually limit our abundance, our financial abundance, when we give it to somebody like that. Because what if God wants to give us money in a different way? Yeah. yeah. But I talk to a lot of people who will say things like, well, I... I mean, that's my job. I have a paycheck. I don't have money anywhere else. That's my source. That's my source of income. This job is my source of income. And it's like, mm. 
God could give you money anywhere, but it's because we have this mentality of a job is a source of income. A client is a source of income Mm. that becomes our source. Mm. And then we limit that supply. Mm. It's the same thing. We get in the way of ourselves again, don't we? Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) I love the bit where I didn't realize that actually until you said it source of income source connected to higher power. I never saw that until today. (laughs) (laughs) Yeah. Wow. And so it's almost like we're giving our power away when we say that that's our source of income is our job. It's our boss. Wow. Yeah. I mean, we we give our power away. Wow. Like 99% of the time. (laughs) I mean, it's we give our power away when we're sitting in traffic and we're letting somebody, you know, stress us out. We give our power away when we're letting our, our partner trigger us or mm. our, our client, you know, it, it, like if a, if a client comes to someone and they're excited about the income that's going to come from that and then the client backs out, it's like devastating, you know, <laughs> like, and it really shouldn't be it. But we we give our power away constantly to all these outside circumstances, mm. thinking that somehow they have control over us or that that they really influence us in, in any way. Like nobody wants to see their partner emotional or upset. Yeah. But by us being triggered, we're just allowing our ego to enter the relationship, which makes it human relationship with human problems Mm. but the holier we make our relationships those human problems don't present themselves as much Mm. and when they do again it's holding that truth and knowing yes my partner's triggered but I'm going to stand in the truth while they're stuck in the illusion because by holding the truth I hold light for them Mm. if I enter the illusion with them then we're both going to go crazy (laughs) and we go crazy all over each other. And, and that's what an argument is. It's just a bunch of like things that don't make sense and a bunch of illusion pieces that are thrown around and nobody wins. Yeah. It's kind of like, you reminded me of something that it's kind of like when, when we step away from the vortex, like when we're in the vortex, we're all this love and abundance, we're love for each other. And when our kind of ego gets in the way or, like you said, um, about how we see somebody else and how they're treating us, then we're outside of it. Whereas we should just remember that we're all love and that we need to just be present in that moment of that feeling. Right. Well, I mean, if somebody, if our partner is stressed about finances, like let's, you know, they get laid off at work. Mm. You know, if if a partner gets laid off at work, they're going to have stress and anxiety about money. Yeah. Well, again, that's not their source of income. God is. Yeah. So instead of getting into the mayhem and being like, what are we going to do? How are we going to pay our bills? And, you know, getting into the craziness, (laughs) you instead stand in the truth and say, God is abundance. God will take care of us. Every need we've ever had or will have is met. Mm. And everything is taken care of. Mm. But instead we want to show sympathy. Like, well, I I don't, they're feeling upset. They're feeling, well, us getting upset with them. I've never seen that help, but somehow (laughs) that's like a really, 
common tactic. Like, well, if I just feel bad with them, then they'll feel okay. And I've never seen somebody feel better yeah, when that true. happens. You just feel sad. Yeah, that's true. You'll be sad for the, like the next few days. <laughs> yeah. So like you need someone to kind like, of well, snap. let's be miserable together. Yeah. <laughs> okay. <laughs> it's like you need someone to snap you out of that emotion to like be like, hey, everything's going to be okay kind of thing. Yeah, well, when I when I first met my husband, um, he actually d- did leave his job, and he was really not happy about it. Mm. And he called me, and this was like a weekend, and he called me, and he was like, oh, I'm so upset. I, I left my job and you know, I just had to, and he was, he was really upset about it. And mm. he was also kind of worried about what I was going to think. Cause we had just met and, <laughs> and oh, I was blessing. like, that's awesome. <laughs> and he goes, what? <laughs> and I'm like, that must mean God has something even better. Cause that was a really good job. Mm. And he's like, uh, yeah. Okay. Like, mm. But that's the kind of, I could have got into it with yeah. him and been, oh my gosh, what are you going to do now? Mm. There, There's a recession. There's this happening. There's that, oh, the world. Like, or I can get excited for him and, and know that God's going to provide because why mm. would I be bummed out unless I'm thinking God's going to leave us hanging? It was You just hit the nail on the head. It's so true that we always sometimes forget that when we're in that situation, when we're feeling that emotion, actually, there's all there's always a purpose behind it. Like God is giving you something better. Mm-hmm. But we, in that moment, we feel sorry for ourselves. Why didn't I get that job, or why did I, that not work out for me? But if we realise that actually you're being saved from something, and that you're going to be given something even greater, then I guess we would all be a lot more like, yay! <laughs> right. Well, the only reason we can be upset is if we don't think that we're going to get something better. True. That's the only because if we actually thought that we would Mm. then just like that when a situation would come up it would be like oh my gosh that's so exciting this didn't work out oh this person broke up with me like (laughs) that's awesome somebody better is around the corner yeah but we we look at everything so infinite and so Mm. detrimental you know instead of actually and I'm not saying of course that we can't have human emotions I mean yeah, sometimes things are just upsetting and we have to process that, of course. Mm. But it's the idea of like being stuck in that and being upset that something's not working out when it really should be like, I I love celebrating when things don't work out the way I planned. I like celebrating. I think it's a like if we can retrain ourselves to celebrate the things that don't work out the way we plan. Yeah. Yeah. Then we're just opening ourselves up to amazing opportunities. Absolutely. And guys, this has actually happened to me in the past. Um, I was made redundant about five years ago, Kristen. And instead of crying about it, I actually shook my boss and said, thank you. That's the best decision you've made. <laughs> and then I, <laughs> I know it's really funny. I went out and had a few drinks with friends when I used to drink back then. was really happy. And actually, when I went back to my flat, I was um, I was running across the hallway up and down like woohoo jumping up and down my bed saying freedom <laughs> like what's next and do you know what that was the best feeling ever because I knew that I had more to do in this world I knew I had more gifts to share I was limiting myself 
mm-hmm. and wasn't allowing myself to leave because I felt that I needed that, like you said, that so-called source of income at that time in order for me to kind of go where I wanted to go when really I just needed to surrender and just trust the process. Yeah, I mean, I've actually even... I've actually even done that like when friendships have ended, which sounds kind of weird, but Oh, I get it. <laughs> I've had friendships end that I kind of I go out and I it's almost like celebrating the friendship and celebrating that there's something better and something new and I mean we should be excited by that. Like mm. if that doesn't work out, that means there's something better. So yeah, I mean, it's kind of party time when when something doesn't go that way, you know? Yeah. I love that thought. I love it. Yeah, it's so true. We should be celebrating more and less being in that emotion. Yeah, absolutely. And my dear, we are coming towards the end of the show. It's It's gone super quick. <laughs> and I've loved like the conversation that we're having because it's just so powerful. And I think it's really important people to realise that we should just embrace who we are and you know trust that that love with God rather than listening to what other people think so I wanted to get your advice on something like so what are your five top tips for someone who's trying to slay the ego I think first it comes to really full circle what we've talked about today which is knowing what God and spirit source universe whatever you want to call it knowing what that is from there understanding who we are as a divine being not just as a as a person or a human being or a personality but really understanding if god is holy what does that mean for us and then letting go of those false beliefs those false perceptions rebuilding that relationship and then I think it also comes to knowing that we don't have to live with the fear and the stress and the ego the things the ego does we, we don't have to live with that I, I explain it like the, if the ego is like a really abusive inner voice <laughs> Like why it's like when something really good, good happens, would you want to call an abusive friend or an abusive ex or, you know, why would you want to call someone to bring you down? True. (laughs) And realizing that we don't need that voice. I think in itself starts to eliminate it because it's, it's only there because we've given it the space. Hmm. And once we take that away and begin evicting it from our consciousness, it it has no permission anymore. Mm. The permission is given by us. So if we are afraid and we're letting ourselves be afraid, we're giving it that permission to be louder and louder. So when we revoke that permission... It doesn't have a voice anymore. We've taken away its mouthpiece. Got me in thought process again. (laughs) (laughs) Those those are amazing. Yeah, that's, yeah, 100%. I agree with what you're saying. And my dear, where can my listeners find you if they want to get in contact with you? 
Uh, my website is christiansinclair.com. And I, I, I don't know my social media handles, so <laughs> you can find those on my website. Perfect. And my last question, my dear, is what are you most grateful for? In, in one way, I want to say my family because that I do have the most gratitude for them. But I, I have to say my relationship with God because mm. if I didn't have that, I couldn't enjoy my family and I couldn't have the family that I have. Mm. Yeah. I love that. <laughs> my dear, thank you for being on the show and thank you for sharing your story. And just, it's been a really interesting conversation. I lots of thought processes <laughs> as we've been talking. Um, yeah. Thank you. And thank you for just doing the work that you do and helping so many people have a better relationship with whether you want to call it God, higher source or the universe. Thank you so much for having me. It's been such a pleasure. Thank you, everyone who's joined us today. Oh, bless you. What a powerful interview. Guys, I do hope you enjoyed this interview with Christian. It really blew my mind today because some of the things were just amazing information. For example, about, you know, our higher self, also about our source of income. Wow, that was just mind-blowing for me, to be honest. Um, unfortunately as I said it's an end of the show don't forget that you can find me on Facebook and Instagram at Get Inspired with Gerds you can find me on Twitter at I am Gerds that's I-A-M-G-U-R-D-S and before I leave I want to leave you with this quote to study the way is to study the self to study the self is to forget the self to forget the self is to be enlightened by all things that's a quote by Dodgen take care and I'll see you next week bye